0: I'm Keaton. I'm Laura. And we love stories and talking about stories. So we're looking at the Bible as a story that's filled with real people. And we're hoping that if we um, show the human side of these people in the story, um, that we'll see God as real too.
1: That's right. We want to try to read the Bible with curiosity and maybe let our imagination do more work than it gets to do when we read scripture sometimes. So we're going to start with the question, what did these people eat for breakfast? And we're going to see where it takes us. How did they start their day and how did the rest of the day go? Welcome to The Breakfast Translation. So we've done a lot of characters, a lot of people in this Old Testament season. We sure have. But not all of them. Not all of them. <laughs> all of them. There's a few left. Uh, a few we're going to just kind of leave on the on the floor, see if we ever decide to come back and pick them up. Um, but there's a major character that we have not. We haven't discussed as much as you might think we would have. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and who is that?
1: <laughs> it's God. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we haven't really talked about what God might have for breakfast. No, it's a lot to um, tackle. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, But I think it's interesting to come at it from this perspective of what does God have for breakfast? Because mm-hmm. what I love about that is that it is a very, it's a specific question. Sure. Um, it kind of forces your hand a little bit to think in a very, a very different way about the people, but especially about God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've done any um, just reading or like thinking about this stuff, but it was my my favorite thing in school was when we would just sit around and kind of talk about the, na- the nature of God, the character of God. And a lot of that stuff comes from A lot of how we think about God comes not as much just from the Bible text, but it comes from people sitting around going, what's God like, Mm -hmm. you know, from like doctrine in churches and from these historical moments where people saw some new layer to who God was. Uh, It comes from theologians and uh, in church meetings (laughs) and it comes from people trying to take that big giant idea of God and boil it down. So have you thought of anything that you've like heard, like the things that stick in your mind about God is like this, or God is, this is a characteristic of God. Can you think of anything that you've heard?
0: I just feel like I've heard the, the God is everything. God is big. God is small. God is um, angry. God is loving. So I've yes. just heard all of the contradictions.
1: Yeah. the Contradictions is one thing, right? And it, depending on the kind of church you go to, you might hear more about the just sure. nature of God and that. And it might fuel some of that anger talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you might go to a church that really emphasizes God is loving, God is present. Uh, I grew up with the the Omnis. Have you ever heard the Omnis? I like the no. that God is omnipresent. Oh, sure. That God, mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. God is omniscient, um, so all knowing, and that God is omnipotent, like all powerful. Okay, all powerful, all all knowing. powerful, all knowing, all, all present. present, all the time. Yeah, and. And that kind of comes from people sitting around and saying, what's God like? And it doesn't necessarily, there's not a, t- a text necessarily that says that. That So a lot of what we draw out from God, we do this process of looking at the stories and trying to get something to hang our hat on, mm-hmm. kind of. <laughs> and uh, so I wonder just when we think about it from the story perspective, are there any like glimpses of God we get just from even the last, you know, the last couple seasons of doing this, are there any glimpses of God that... That stand out to you?
0: Well, what I've seen from God in this, especially in the Old Testament, I saw that he, like especially the omnipresent, I mm-hmm. feel like we saw, um, we got to see him be present for uh, the big exodus mm-hmm. um, and still be with the people when they're in the wrong place. And then when they're in the right place, we get to see him in super close up, almost domestic scenes. Yeah. Um, like with Naomi.
1: Yeah. He's so. almost like when you read a novelist and there's, the narrator voice knows everything. Mm-hmm. It's a little like that sometimes.
0: Right. And it's there regardless of the scope. So um, yeah. regardless of like, because we've seen it look like a, like a Greek tragedy and we've seen it look like um, a romantic comedy. So, yeah. and he's always the same
1: God in yeah. all of it. It's sometime orchestrating like a whole country, right? Mm-hmm. Like moving all of the Hebrew people to get the promised land mm-hmm. or moving Ruth to meet Boaz. Right yeah, it's sometimes intimate and it's sometimes giant, the movement of God. Um, one thing that stood out to me, and I think this happens almost every time I actually read the text and mm-hmm. I don't just listen to people talk about God. But when I actually read the text, what I see is a God who's engaged.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Which I think is maybe different than how we can sometimes talk about God Yeah, we experience almost
0: are, God. We talk, I feel like we talk about him like he's almost a substance rather than a character. Yes. He's just a... a the air around yes. the characters rather than being, um, involved and causing, um, instigating change and things like that.
1: Yeah. And some of that, I don't know about you, but I feel like we just, we don't really talk about, um, the Trinity very much.
0: No, no. Like, or at least in my circles, I yeah. haven't thought even too much about the Trinity.
1: Yeah. And I don't even really think in churches that it's a, it's kind of mysterious. Right. It doesn't arm American, like Western math can't quite. Decide what to do about three and one being the same idea. Um, and so I think that part of who God is, because we could kind of tackle this question of like, what does God have for breakfast? One way to do that would be like, well, Jesus was God. We believe that. But we, we decided Jesus would have something for breakfast. Mm -hmm. Could we just assume that whatever Jesus had for breakfast is also what God would have for breakfast? Um, (laughs) Who's to say? Yeah, (laughs) because it's different. I think we said Jesus would have donuts. I know we did say that at one point, Mm -hmm. that if anybody was just gonna like enjoy some donuts, it might be Jesus. Jesus. And I stand by that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bold, bold claim. Um, But I think that idea, and God is the more abstract figure Although then you get to like the, the idea of the spirit of God, mm-hmm. which we talked about a lot with acts, um, right. yeah, and that's involved. even more abstract and hard to get your, your hands around or get your words around
0: and hard to get, hard for a spirit to eat bacon. That's right.
1: <laughs> I mean, you feel like the spirit might be present when the bacon is present, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, and you know, I think about all the ways that God shows up, it's sometimes it's a voice Sometimes it's that intimate of a voice, you know, just talking to Moses or just whispering to Elijah on the hillside or whatever. Um, but sometimes it's God in the fire, God in the wind, God in the um, coming from the mountains, you know. So there is this idea of a uh, God has a voice, but that voice can show up in different forms. Um, so I do think that God, the creator and God, the spirit are both so much more abstract to us than Jesus, mm-hmm. which is maybe why we spend, s- we just have a lot more language around Jesus and we focus on Jesus. Um, well,
0: and he's one of he's a, a human.
1: <laughs> yes. That, and that piece of this God story in particular is so different from any other story about God. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when you look at world religions, there's nothing quite that hands-on and that approachable. Um, so it is a unique bit of the Christian story, I think. Um, but it does make it harder, I think, to like see God as a character when I, I think that's why we have leaned on the like old man God. Oh, yeah. Because that's at least something we can get our imagination around. Something we've seen. Yeah. With our eyeballs. But we don't, you know, there's no reference to God having a beard. Uh, one of my, my favorite books about the nature of God is by Lauren Winner, who I don't know if we've talked on. She's one of my favorite writers, but she has a book called Wearing God. Like wearing God like a shirt. Wearing. Wearing God. Yeah. (laughs) And the book is all about all the different metaphors for God. Like how because we can't really say God has a beard and is 10 feet tall or lives on planet, you know, whatever. Sure. We, the one language we do have is God is like this. God is like a mountain range. Yes. God is like the wind. God is like a rock. God is a refuge. Uh, She, so she really goes with those metaphors. One of my favorite things she points out is there's a a passage in Isaiah 45 where it makes a switch. It goes from talking about God as a soldier. It's talking about God being like a soldier going out to battle which we're kind of, that we, we've heard that a lot, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's an easier one for our imaginations to get around and one that's taught a lot in churches. But then the the writer in Isaiah of that passage makes a turn and says, God is also like the one who brings you out of your mother's womb and lays you on her breast. So God is like a midwife, basically. And it's a very sort of gentle picture mm-hmm. of a God who is present in this very tender, intimate moment. And those are offered back to back in Isaiah. Yeah. And it, it really is like three or four verses right next to each other. And I I just always always kind of love that because it does keep that tension mm-hmm. of just and mercy and angry, but loving. And, a soldier, right, and the contradictions but, uh, that you're uh, yes.
0: starting off by talking through.
1: Yeah. And that, I think God does show up in the moments, has different whatever's required. Yeah. You know, God is responsive (laughs) and dynamic and, uh, I even think it's it's hard for us even to get around, like, how is God with time? You know, I think mm-hmm. we have this idea that God's outside time. Uh, there is that one verse, I think it's in first Peter or something, somewhere in the New Testament, where it talks about to God, a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years, which is a real riddle, <laughs> like going back to our Samson episode, right. it's kind of a riddle. Yes. It, this is like the joke that God tells at parties. I got a riddle for you. Mm-hmm. If a thousand years are like a day and a day is like a thousand years how long is lunch? You know, like, um, so we do have this idea that our perception of time is very different from God's. And so I think it's interesting to me that when we read the story, God is not outside of the human experience. God is very much in the moment with Mm -hmm. people. So it is hard for us, I think, to figure out how God, um, is involved in time. Because we make such a big deal about the passing of time. Oh, and we're what obsessed day it is. With it. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I was sitting around with friends the other day just talking about how old we are. And like, mm. it is a big way that we measure our lives and measure. So the idea of God being sort of timeless, but also in time, I think is tricky.
0: Right. And the way we perceive time is also... Um building towards the unknown, like moving up and out and that yes. when it be the case for God. Cause he's
1: all knowing. Yeah. So. Or it is the case for us, but we just can't really get it. So sure. if eternity is real, it's just so hard for us to grasp. Well, I, I can do it,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I understand for, that a lot of people struggle. I mean,
1: again, that was of course speaking of the other people, <laughs> Yeah, but you got it. Um, so I don't know. I thought it was just kind of, it is interesting though that, There's several references to God sort of being present in time. Like there's a phrase that shows up in in the Psalms a couple of times where it talks about from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, that God is to be praised. And so there's certainly our time does register to God. And I think that matters when we talk about um, what we got to have for breakfast. Mm Because does God even recognize breakfast? Is it even a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Is it kind of always... Two o'clock to God. Is it always five a.m.? Is it always you know? There's a great. Have you ever heard that? I know we've used it around here at South Park a few times. But it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there is a segment of our population that that is something that is talked about a lot. <laughs> the eternal five o'clock, um, or the eternal four o'clock, uh-huh. depending on your your preferences. To the eternal two o'clock, Uh, but. The idea, so there's a GK Chesterton quote about how God is tireless mm-hmm. and that God basically wakes up every day and can't wait to make the sunrise again, mm-hmm. that God is childlike in that way, the way that. Eager for the next thing. Yeah. or the, And the way that children love repetition, mm-hmm. that if they find something they like, they're like, let's do that again. again. <laughs> yeah. Again and again <laughs> the and sunrise, again. The sunrise. The Until sunrise. the adult is like done. Mm-hmm. And it really, like the GK Chesterton quote really kind of captures that. Um. And so that makes me wonder, you know, like is, I don't know if you feel like that we do. We do talk a lot about whether people are morning people or evening people. What are you? What's your, what's your best working time?
0: I'm a morning person. Okay. I, I love, more. I love an early morning, especially if I'm, I love the um silence of it.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. I think it just makes us wonder, is there a certain feeling to morning that God has that, mm-hmm. um, and I love because I, I think I also feel more like awake and alive. I'm definitely more productive in the morning. That didn't used to be true. I used to be like an all night do things like homework and oh,
0: like you could kick off something at 10 p.m. Yes, and be I think fantastic. all my college
1: papers were written after midnight. Wow. <laughs> um, and but then that kind of switched when I got older and started waking up earlier and started realizing my brain was a little fresher. Mm-hmm. It just switched. Um, but I do think it's interesting to think what is God like in the different times of. How does God respond to us in the different times of day? Uh, If you ever, if you study like the prayer traditions of some more like religions that have, or even streams of Christianity that have like a prayer schedule, Mm -hmm. there are like different prayers for the morning and different prayers for night, you Mm -hmm. know, because you, you respond to your environment different. You respond to God differently. Sure. uh, If you're praying in the morning versus the night.
0: Yeah. Um, I've been Googling a lot of um, morning prayer Okay, or not Googling, but using Spotify Yeah, I've been having trouble finding the words for prayer. So I've been booked elsewhere and yeah, it's different the things that you pray for in the morning.
1: Yeah. The book of common prayer, if you ever use that, it has a lot of different things for morning and evening and different occasions. And I think just recognizing if God is in the moment with us, that our prayer should also kind of recognize where are we, what's happening and how's our, how's the day going. And so I love this idea of like, whether we don't know for sure, other people may know, Keaton, you may know, but you're not going to tell us <laughs> like how exactly the nature of God works. I think it's very fun to play with those ideas mm-hmm. and to challenge them and and do our best to imagine them and, and study what's come before us. So study theologians and what are the big ideas that have won the day in the church uh, world and in the, the world of people trying to figure God out. But uh, I think I like for our exercise purposes, it's just let's say God is sort of like us where the morning is has a certain feel to it. So when God re starts a day or when God engages in it's morning in America, (laughs) what is the feeling for God? And what is God? What we got to eat for breakfast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. Any feel like any insight into the character of God through breakfast?
0: I have this story from maybe 10 years back, uh, that helps me think through this. I was Traveling through West Virginia, I was going on a whitewater rafting trip, and the people I was traveling with knew of this breakfast spot um, on the way. So we stopped, and it was the most beautiful little breakfast spot. And they knew the owner, so the owner was so excited that we were there. Mm -hmm. um, And we all ordered our breakfast, and then she came out with a huge um, platter of cinnamon pancakes because she knew that the group, because she knew the group, she knew that the people at the table would love the cinnamon pancakes. And that really um, struck a chord. Like, I don't know, it just really rang true and it just felt like such a pure moment. And so I feel like, and then she sat down and she ate them with us too. Nice. And so it just felt like a glimpse into what God might be like if you yeah. um, stopped at his breakfast store, like yeah. he would, um, you'd sit with them and he'd know exactly what to get for you. Yeah. And then he'd share it with you. So
1: that's yeah. what it I love that mind. picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of the God who, and we get that in Jesus too, right? And in the the description of the spirit, this God who serves and is, you know, the description of the the Holy Spirit is one who comes alongside, right? So it's one who is somehow out ahead of you, but also beside you at the same time. Um, I thought of a few different things. One is the God has curious is really interesting to me. So mm-hmm. like God has a, someone who would try whatever was. Put in front of God. You know oh, what I mean? Fine. Yeah. Like, like yeah, I'll
0: try this. Yes. Yeah, do like, this. so,
1: I, cause I just don't think that's the thing we, when we think of God as omniscient, we think there's nothing for God to explore. Sure. But it, again, this goes back to the actual text of scripture. We have moments where God is surprised, where God has to change a plan. Mm-hmm. where God is responsive to what people are doing, where whether or not God knew it was all going to shake out this way, God definitely changes the way God moves because of what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, I can't, I can't remember the whole story, but there's a, an author who wrote a book. He was, he was born to a, like a mixed race family. And I remember the way it went is he had asked his mom what color God was. Wow. Because he was trying to get his head around would God look more like his mom or his dad because they had different skin tones Okay. and would God look like him. Uh, and his mom told him that God was the color of water. Wow. And I just remember, uh, and I think that's the, he has a book called The Color of Water. This is by James McBride. Okay. And that phrase has always just stayed with me. And I thought of it when I thought of this, like this breakfast question, um, that God would sort of fit the table. Mm-hmm. You know that we we do. I believe we serve a God who kind of fits, and so if God is at a table with low carbs, He's a
0: low carb God. Yeah, <laughs> He's low
1: carb. If God is at the table with uh, people who love sugar, God's gonna just sit and be, you know, eat the frosted flakes with them.
0: Yeah, because not only water fits, and it reflects too.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it changes things. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about one of my favorite things to do is just go to like a little stream or a river and watch knowing that the water going over the rocks is going to eventually change them. Right. So it's the God who fits, but not to conform to change. Sure, And, and so I think I like thinking that God is having whatever we're having <laughs> for breakfast, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that, that God with us idea is, is just so important. You know, I think we've used it before, but the Paul Tillett quote about God has going back to the, the water metaphor, but, uh, Paul Tillich, who's a theologian, like one of these guys who sits around and just tries to figure out what's God like and who wrote books and did lectures, all kinds of things to say, God must be like this or like that, um, has this thing about how God is. If you went to the ocean, God would be like the ocean, this vast mystery in front of you that you couldn't even quite see where it ended, but that God would also be the drops that fall on your face and the salt in your mouth, um, that God is both really close and really like infinite and mysterious and distant. And so I I think our, our breakfast question uh, is helpful if we're, if we feel like God is just abstract and far away. I think the breakfast question can get us closer to seeing that God is a God who sits around the table with the cinnamon pancakes. But the God is also, we're also just always guessing, mm-hmm. you know, that our categories are just sort of stretches their reaches for something we can't quite get our hands or our words around. Um, but I like trying. Absolutely. <laughs> I, think it's worth. I like trying to know them better. I definitely think it's worth trying. And I think what I love about, and we're going to get to this, we're going to spend our last episode of this season kind of just talking about what we've gained from reading this text. But just to give away a little bit of my answer to that, it, it is that I, every time I read the scriptures, I'm like, God is not, like our descriptions are so short-sighted. You know, you could read all the theologians and have all the adjectives and have your doctrine all kind of lined up in a row the right way, Uh, but you're still going to run into things that are beautiful and mysterious and, you know, outside of your, your imagination. And I think that God is infinitely interesting uh, to me. So hopefully that is something that can, we can maybe think about. Yeah. And hopefully you think about it too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Translation we mm-hmm.